Thank you for joining us today as Pastor Tim shares the Word of God. Our prayer is that your life will be touched by the Spirit of Almighty God and constant, powerful truths that can be applied to your everyday life. Let's join Pastor Tim with today's message. Mark chapter 1. Turn to Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. The title of part one, part two, and part three of this series that we are beginning today is there is power in believing. Power in believing. I don't know who has ever heard of the most prescribed pill that doctors prescribe today. It's called the placebo drug. Now, this is a pill, regardless of the name that they use, it's a pill that does absolutely nothing, yet many doctors prescribe it. Placebo comes from a Latin word which means to please or to serve. And many go to the doctor with an ailment that's just simply nothing to be fixed by medication. Yet they're demanding something. I mean, your knee hurts, your arm hurts, your elbow. You know, I don't know what to tell you, just old. I, I don't know. But we want a pill now. We are a pill society, and we demand a pill that's going to fix this. And this pill is being prescribed, many names, many different forms, but a placebo pill is given to patients that medically does absolutely nothing, but they're having a remarkable success rate in their studies of this pill. Because it gives people substance for their hope. God understands this the way we were created because Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is our substance. Faith is our substance. And when you're lost, when you are lost and you don't have faith, you have to have a do-nothing pill for you to have substance in. I've read this many times. The reports are well studied and well documented. And all the doctor has got to say is, we have this new drug and we're having great success with it. That's all the doctor has to say. And in fact, great results happen. Now, this is called in medicine the placebo effect. It causes people to believe in something. And in fact, when they do, they get better. You know, mankind is created to believe. And I want you to know there is power in believing. There's power in believing. Many of you grew up hearing and seeing televangelist healing ministries on TV. Many of you have been in healing ministries uh, and seen the gift of healing work. I, I so wish that was my gift. The gift of teaching is boring. But for years early in my life, I did all I could to operate in the gift of healing. I'd have long lines and I'd pray over people and, and I'd pray over people and to be healed. You know, for years I took piano lessons, I played the guitar, I sang. I wanted the gift of music. 
Now, the gift of teaching is just boring. It's just not glamorous. But here's what I came to understand. Regardless of how bad I wish I was wearing a white suit and a $2,500 silk tie today and thousands being healed at my meetings, if you're going to be successful in life, you got to do what God created you to do. And that's what you have to do. you got to use the gift that God created you to benefit other people with. And you've got to use the gift that God has given you. So, today, I'm not in a white suit with a $2,500 silk tie. I'm in jeans, boots, and I'm teaching you there's power in believing. There is power in believing. Before Oral Roberts passed away, a hero for many of us, uh, had a TV uh, show that we all grew up watching. But I'd hear him say on TV, I'm going to pray, and if you will lay your hands on this TV set, you will be healed. How many ever heard him say that? Many of you. You you heard him say that. And do you know over 50 years of ministry, there was a lot of people healed by laying their hands on that TV? There's a lot of healings that took place. I heard preachers say that if you'd send in $50 to their broadcast, they would send you a prayer cloth that they had prayed over. And you get that cloth, you lay it on you, and you would be healed. And as hokey as that sounded to me, I want you to know there's a lot of testimonies of people being healed by a minister sending them a prayer cloth and laying it on them because there is power in believing. John chapter 9, a blind man came and Jesus spit on the ground, made some mud, put on a man's eyes, told him to go wash and he'd be healed. And he was. 2 Kings chapter 5, Elijah told the king, had leprosy, he said, go in the Jordan and dip seven times. You got prayer cloths, you got mud and spit, and you got dipping seven times in the Jordan, touching the TV. All of that is a physical contact for people to extend their faith and to believe. Because there is power in believing. When you're praying for someone sick, the world would say, oh, you shouldn't do that. Don't get their hopes up. Church, if you don't get your hopes up, you're going to die. Let me just tell you, if you don't get your hopes up, you're going to die a hopeless, depressed, miserable life. What do you mean, don't get your hopes up? I want all of y'all to get my hopes up and keep my hopes up as long as I live. Because I understand there's power in believing. There's power in believing. Flip on a few more pages to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Verse 20, they brought the boy, but the evil spirit saw Jesus. It threw the child into the violent convulsions. He fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. Verse 21, how long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy. He replied, since he was a little boy. Mark chapter 9, verse 22, spirit often throws him into the fire, into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us. Help us if you can. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible If a person believes, verse 24, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And that's what this three-part series we are embarking on is all about. Because the truth is, everybody in here today believes. You wouldn't be listening to this sermon right now if you didn't believe. Everybody in here believes What we need help with 
is our unbelief. That's what all of us need help with, is areas in our life where we deal with unbelief. Modern medicine with a placebo pill is trying to use how we were created without acknowledging God because they understand there is power in believing. Flip back to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with a constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus. She came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. Verse 28. For she thought to herself, she believed If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And immediately, the bleeding stopped. Woman suffered for 12 years with bleeding. I want you to know today, touching his robe did absolutely nothing. There were hundreds touching his robe. Read on in verse 30. Jesus realized that once healing power had gone out for him, he turned around to the crowd and said, Who touched my robe? And the disciples said... For crying out loud, are you kidding me? People everywhere here. What do you mean, who touched your robe? There was lots of people touching his robe. There was lots of people touching his robe. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. The frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to his knees in front of him and told her what had done. Verse 34. And he said to her, daughter, my robe has made you well. You got a different translation? Some of your Bibles say, daughter, your faith. See, there's power in believing. It wasn't in a robe. There's power in believing. I want you to flip to Mark chapter 6, verse 2. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. And many who had heard him were amazed. And they asked, where did he get all, these, all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles they scoffed, he's just a carpenter, son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, Simon. Sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended, and they did what? They refused to believe. They refused to believe in him. Verse 4, Jesus told him, prophet, without honor, everywhere his own hometown, among his relatives, his family. And because of their unbelief, He couldn't do any miracles among them. Place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Verse 6. And he was amazed at their unbelief. So they saw Jesus as a carpenter. They knew they could get the door on their cabinet fixed. They knew he could fix the leg on their chair. But because of their unbelief, he couldn't. This is the Son of God. This is Jesus. He couldn't do miracles. Miracles there. Yes, Jesus is powerful, but there's power in your belief. There's power in your belief. Go left to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Jesus returned to Capernaum. A Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed, terrible pain. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, uh, chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 8. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. 
officer told Jesus, you don't have to come. Just say the word. No spit, no mud, no robe, no dipping in the Jordan. There was faith here in Jesus just saying the word. No one told the woman that had been bleeding for 12 years to touch Jesus' robe. She said in her heart, if I can just touch his robe. Church, all of my Christian life, I've seen people try to put together mathematical formulas for healing to take place. I've seen folks advertise healing seminars come and they teach you how to lay hands on people. They teach you how to put oil on your hands. So they're going to teach you how much spit and how much mud to mix. They're going to get hymns of cloth and put together. They're going to get prayer cloths. Some are going to do it by dipping. Some are going to do it by touching TV. Here's what I want you to know. There's not a formula. There's not a mathematical equation. It is you standing on the Word and believing in your heart and the power of God moving in your life. We're not having a formula here that we put together. It is the release of your faith because I want you to know there is power in believing. There's power in believing. A passage in Proverbs and a passage in Corinthians literally jumped off of the pages of Scripture well over 30 years ago to me and changed my entire life. I was a psychology major in college, and I spent years studying what happened to people at age three, or at age five, or at age seven, or at age nine. What happened to them between the ages of nine and between the ages of 13, and how that shaped their entire life. Their entire life was shaped by events that happened in their childhood. Psychologists begin to study why people were like they were and why people did what they did. That became very interesting to me. Why do people do what they do? Why do they do that? Why do they act like that? Why are they that way? Why do they respond in life like that? And psychology really drew me because it gave me an understanding of why people did this, and why people did that, why people acted like this, and why people responded in life like that. I began to understand. A guy in prison was there because when he was seven years old, a woman picked up for forgery, was forging checks, because when she was nine to 13 years old, here's what's happened to her. A person living depressed, because when they were four, here's what happened to them. Person that's very withdrawn. Because when they were five to between the ages of five and nine, here's what happened. And that's why there was an explanation for every problem. And I was drawn to that study. Until I began to realize this is hopeless knowledge. Who cares why I'm suffering? I want to feel better. It began to dawn on me, if I'm laying on the ground 
and a beam has fallen across me, I don't want a psychologist to come and begin to explain to me the design of this roof and 10 years ago when this was built and this is why this beam fell. Get the darn thing off of me. I could care less why it's there, how it got there, what somebody did 10 years ago, what somebody should have done 25 years ago. I want this thing off. So don't stand over me and tell me why I'm like I am. Somebody give me some relief here. Psychology began to be an exercise in nothing but frustration to me. But it's the only thing a lost world can do is study psychology and say, Here's why you're like you are. Here's why your kid won't pay attention in school. Here's why your kid won't make good grades. Here's why you can't keep a job. Here's why you have failed as being a mom. Here's why you are in jail. Here's why you are a chainsaw murderer. It's no fault of your own. The more America walks away from a biblical understanding of sin and a biblical understanding of what to do about sin, then the more we are left to try to figure out why is a person doing that? Why are they acting like that? See, because we can't say, we can't identify sin, we can't say you need to repent of your sin and turn to the Lord. See, we can't use that, and so now we're left to try to figure out why a person is acting like that. The invention of psychology began to flourish with the diminishing of the Bible in our society. Why is one an alcoholic? Why is one a thief? Why is one a child abuser? When you take God in his word of direction for your life, you find the answers for life. There must be answers. So we remove the Bible. Psychology was invented, and I dove headlong into it. When I was four, here's what happened. So now I'm a thief for the rest of my life. My dad rejected me when I was seven, so now I abuse children all the rest of my life. See, my dad ran out on me when I was nine, so now I can rob every convenience store I go into. See, my, dad, my mom, this happened to me whenever I was up. The problem with that is it leaves America with no cure. Hopelessly tied and hopelessly locked into your upbringing. See, I want to be a different person. I want to live life different, but I can't because of my genetics and because of what happened to me when I was 9, 10, 11, and 12 by my uncle. See, when I'm hurting, I don't care why. I want to not hurt anymore. When I'm suffering, I don't care why. I want to be free from suffering. See, the lost world tells me why I'm like I am, but here I am left wanting to be different. When I came across a passage in Corinthians and in Proverbs, my whole life changed. An explosion happened in me in the midst of my psychology major in studies that said, you can die to your old man. That person and all of those wounds and all of those scars and all of that rejection and all of that hurt and all of that abuse, here's what you can do. You can die to that person. Let me tell you something else. You can bury it 
You don't have to see that person anymore. You don't have to be that person. You don't have to look at that person. We don't have to look at that person. I'm not holding your past over you. You're not holding my past over me. That has been dead and buried. And what comes out of that grave is a brand new life. See, the lost world don't tell you that you can, in spite of your genetics, in spite of how you were born, in spite of what you dealt with, you can die, you can crucify that, you can nail that to the cross, and you can be resurrected to live a brand new life. And then I read in Proverbs, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. My life took a whole new course. Because I came to understand that there is power in believing. There's power in believing. You don't have to live like you were raised. You see these people over here living this kind of lifestyle and you wish you could? Don't sit there and say, well, it's my lot in life. I'll never have that. I'll never be that. We'll never do that. I want you to know there's power in believing. There's power in believing and your life can be set on a whole new course. You know, the world teaches someone who has been an alcoholic to say to themselves and to say to others, I'm an alcoholic. I'll always be an alcoholic. I was born an alcoholic. I'll die an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic. See, the world tells you to say that to yourself. Here's what I'm telling you today. Jesus came to set the captive free. And if you've been held captive by alcohol, Jesus can come into your life and set you totally free from dependence on alcohol and you can never touch another sip of that to your mouth again. Whatever you are and whatever has been plaguing you in your life, whatever hurts and pains you've had in your life, the Lordship of Jesus can come in your life and set you completely free. You can change. I want you to understand there's power in believing and there's power in believing the wrong thing. This is what happened to me when I'm five, so I'll always be like this. This is what happened to me when I was 13, so I will always be like this. I want you to know there's power in believing. Well, it's my lot in life to never be happy. Tim, I've given up on ever having a good marriage. We'll never have a good marriage. It's just not my lot in life. I want you to know there's power in believing, and you are producing in your life what you are believing in your heart. Most important thing you can do is watch over who is guiding and directing what you're believing. Watch over that. Is God in His Word guiding and directing your believing? Or is the influence of the world directing and guiding your believing? Romans chapter 12 verse 2 warns us, be careful. Don't conform your thinking to the pattern of this world. Well, Tim, that's where our culture is today. Tim, you're going to have to get more modern. Like it or not, you're going to have to accept some things about our new culture. See, Romans 12 already warns me. Be careful. Don't be conformed to the world's way of thinking. Growing up, we had 10 minutes of news, 10 minutes of sports, and 10 minutes of weather. That's all we ever had. That's all you needed, mostly. You didn't even need that. I don't know if you've noticed, but now we have 24-7 news channels. We have 24-7 sports channels. And we got 24-7 weather channels. Now, you can't hold people to a news channel by telling them somebody helped a little lady across the street today. That won't hold viewers. If you make everybody happy and you make everybody feel good, then they're going to get out and go do something outside. You can't hold them. 
The only way you can hold them is to scare the pants off of them. The only way you can hold them is put fear in their heart. Put anxiety. News alert. Breaking news. This crisis hits. Stay tuned. <sighs> I'm not even going to get me some popcorn. I'm going to sit right here and do the commercials because I don't want to miss what happened. 24-hour weather. We can find a tsunami somewhere in the world if we look far enough. Somewhere, if we go far enough, I can find somebody that's been flooded in their house. And we can show you a picture of them carrying all their clothes on their head. We can show you a picture of that somewhere in this world and let you know the mosquitoes are flying north. See, we're going to have to scare you to a point that you're going to stay glued to this 24-hour news station. And the only way you can do that is to put fear in people's heart. They got to program those stations to scare you so you will stay glued to them because there's not entertainment there. The only way that'll hold you is to scare you. Mark 1, there's power in believing, verse 15, the good news. The good news. There's power in believing the good news. I want you to know the most important thing you can do today is watch over what you're believing Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's the fifth one. That's easy to find. 28's more difficult. It's sort of lost in there between 27 and 29. Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you fully obey the Lord your God, I'm careful to keep His commandments that I'm giving you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You'll experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and your flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter you from seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your house, storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's given you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as holy people, as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord and that they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestor to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in heaven and will bless all the work that you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will always be on top and never the bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands I'm giving you today, nor follow after other gods and worship them. There's power in believing. And we've got to stop talking about a bad future, and we've got to start talking about a good future. We've got to believe the good news and stop believing the bad news. Follow down with me, starting in verse 3. I want you to repeat after me, and I want you to say it out loud where I can hear you. My town... My job will be blessed. My children, my work will be blessed. All I produce will be blessed. What I put my increase in will be blessed. Wherever I go, whatever I do will be blessed. The Lord will conquer my enemies. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on my savings account. 
I will prosper in this land. I will have abundance. God will bless all the work that I do. I am the head. I'm not the tail. I'm on top. I'm not on the bottom. I'll never turn away from worshiping the Lord God. We just got instruction here today. We just got instruction here today, and we've got the introduction for the next two weeks. Lord, I believe. Now you need to help my unbelief. As we close today, there's power in believing. And for good to happen for you, you got to believe the good news. Y'all stand. Lord, today, help our unbelief. As we go through these next two or three weeks, help our unbelief as we walk in the power that you have in store for us as we put our hand in you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you have been blessed, encouraged, and motivated by today's message. If you are interested in more messages by the pastors at CM Church, please log on to our website at www.cmchurch.com and click on our podcast link. You can also purchase series and other messages at our online store.